0: Um, hey, like I said, my name is Hector and I'm one of the pastors here on staff. I'm actually the newest pastor here on staff. And uh, for those who probably have not heard this before, um, I'm not 16, just so you know. Um, I'm very much not. I, I graduated high school a very long time ago, graduated college a very long time ago. But, you know, the Lord's just blessed me with youthful looking face face. I don't know, I really, like that's the only way I can justify it at this point. Um, if anything, uh, it, it's just one of those things that I just tell people, yeah, like you work with uh, youth students and uh, kids for long enough, you look so much younger. So if you're interested in being a part of our kids ministry or youth ministry, I'm telling you, it'll, it'll age you down, it's crazy. Um, anyway, uh, but I'm excited to be bringing uh, the message today and today's topic is True North. True North, trusting God's way of living. And so I just want to start off by, by asking this simple question. Do we have any people that still use GPS everywhere they go? GPS everywhere they go. Okay, do we have anybody, this is, this is very specific, do we have anybody who refuses to use GPS because you've lived here long enough, you know the streets, you know where you're going. Okay, I'm that person too, funny enough. Okay, I love not using my GPS. I actively work to not use my GPS only because I think I'm part of that last generation that remembers getting out of the car and asking random strangers for directions. Do you guys remember? We used to do this. We used to go to random gas station to go like, hey, do you know how to get to San Jose? Do you know how to get to uh, Santa Clara? Like we would actually ask these things to random strangers and they would tell us a series of highways and we had to try to remember them. And because um, uh, trust me, like some of you wrote it down, but most of us did not write it down. We're like, yeah, yeah, I'll remember that. And then you get in the car and you're like, I forgot. Um, but this was the generation I grew up with. And so I, I think that that was a thing that really influenced me. And now I'll be honest, I've, I've come such a long way. I came from asking people for directions. Now, like if there's an option to, uh, to order off the app and not go to, count, uh, to, to the counter and talk to somebody, I usually do that. And so my, my social media has probably gone down. But funny enough, the reason that I don't use GPS is not for the social aspect of it. It's actually for something way different. I have a conspiracy theory. And yeah, I do. I actually do. I, it's unfounded completely. Okay? I have no evidence for this conspiracy theory. But I really, really feel like it's true. Okay, every time that I use my GPS, it takes me down back roads, makes me take wild turns. And I really feel like I ended up wasting more time doing all these back roads, turns, and everything than had I just gone on the typical highway that would have gotten me there. And like I said, completely unfounded, but it's just something that I feel. And I think uh, what's interesting about it is when you think about a GPS, you find out real quick, this thing has way more data than i do this has way more information about the current road conditions everything going on in the city it knows way more than i do but for some reason i want to trust myself more i want to trust what where i know to go what roads i know best and so this is what typically happens is typically i naturally incline to trust myself more than the GPS, even though I know what the GPS is capable of. I think this is the dilemma that we deal with a lot of the time actually, is, is this idea of trusting ourselves way more than anyone else, than anything else. Why, because we, we just can. And ultimately I'm just trying to get to this destination and, and I can trust myself to get to that destination, but how we get to the destination matters. And this is very, very different when we start distrusting things like God in our lives. And you might say, hey, I I don't know if I necessarily believe in God yet. This is not something that I've subscribed to. But today I really, really wanna present trusting God and what it looks like, what it tangibly looks like and using God as your true north of where to go, how to make decisions, how to do the everyday. And I wanna submit to you today that you're always gonna be in a constant tension between trusting yourself and trusting God. Do, do you believe, bless you. Uh, <laughs> I, I, Yo, know, it happens to me all the time. Uh, anyway, uh, this tension is real. This tension between us and God. And how do I know that this is something that happens is because I think it happens from the time we're young. I don't know about you, but this is me as a kid. All right, as a kid, I was the person that I like, I was a church kid, so my dad was a pastor. And so I, you know, I needed a lot of prayer when I was growing up, but I, my dad was a pastor and I, I'd hang out at the church a lot. And so one of my, I don't know why, but one of my quirks was I liked playing with the outlets at church. And I always liked playing with all the outlets. It was so dumb. I don't know what was wrong with me but I I used to just play with all these outlets at church and every single person at the church, all right, it was a small little church, but every single person had already told me, don't play with the outlets at church. My parents had told me, don't play with the outlets at church. So I did the thing that you're supposed to do when people tell you what to do. You only do it when they're not looking, all right? And so then I waited till all of them weren't looking and I went and played with the outlets. One day I got electrocuted. Okay, and obviously, I never went near and out. I, I get so freaked out now when I even plug in our Christmas lights. I'm just like, I'm doing this, and then just like back away super quick because I'm freaking out. I've I got like PTSD from it. But, but this is me as a child, and maybe that was you as a child too. Why? Because for some reason, they all knew something that I didn't know, but I was so sure I could trust myself way more. I was so sure that I knew best until I realized I didn't. And this is something that happens even as we get older. You know, the decisions just change. The, the mentality doesn't. Why? I, I know this because if you go to the dentist at all or the doctor, they give you a set of instructions. All right? I don't know if you follow all the instructions that they give you, but until the day that I get a cavity... I, I don't brush four times a day. I don't like, you know, I floss every day, but I'm like, you know, until until they they tell me, I'm like flossing like three times a day now after going to the dentist because I got a cavity and I got a filling. And then about two weeks later, later I go back to my own routine and I've created this routine. And you've probably done the same. You've probably done the same with, with doctor's appointments. You've probably done with the same with a lot of these different things. Why? Because for some reason, we freak out at first but then we lean on trusting ourselves and us knowing best even though these people have studied and they they know all these things but this is how we rea- react we respond so this is this is what i believe i believe that our self-reliance can many times be a reflection of our inability to trust what does that mean it means us relying on ourselves usually is is implicitly saying, I don't trust somebody else as much as I trust me, regardless of how much I do or don't know. Now, can I can I be honest with you for a minute and say, we have really good reasons to distrust. We actually have very, very good reasons in culture to distrust. One of them is maybe a past hurt. This one's usually, uh, in like, it starts by this question that, we ask, if I've been hurt again, what's stopping me from being hurt again? If I've been hurt before, what stops me from being hurt again? This is, there's another one that usually cr- creates distress: is a low self-esteem. This one's a little more clever. It, 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 it says this to us. It says, I can't trust myself. So how could I trust somebody else? How could I trust somebody else if I can't even trust myself? Another one could be this. It could just simply be pride. I just think I know better. I just simply think I know better. Now, this one, this one will bite us if it's not checked. Why? Because every time that somebody tells us not to do something, don't touch the wet paint, don't touch the outlets, that, that's what usually leads us to do it anyway, and we can put ourselves in very dangerous situations. The last one is this, and I, I believe that this is true. I believe the last one's human nature. I think it's just human nature. I think since the beginning of time, we've been this way. We've cared a lot about self-reliance. How do I know this? Is because there's actually a story in, in the ancient scriptures about the first humans. And what happened with the first humans is they were allowed to eat from any tree in the garden that they were given at the time. But then, at one point, some serpent came to them and said, and yes, there's a talking serpent in the Bible if you didn't know this, it's crazy. Uh, read the story, it's like in the very beginning, super easy to find. But anyway, it what what happens is this serpent goes up to them and says, hey, did God really say what you think he said? And the humans, yeah, he said this. And he was like, well, I don't know if I would trust him. I don't know if I would trust him. And, and instead what ended up happening was instead of, What they were promised, death. They were promised something else by the serpent. They said, no, you won't die. You actually won't die. For God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. What he's saying is, trust me, I know better and trust me, you know better. You want more for yourself than what God wants for you. Can I tell you that was the beginning of the lying that happened to humanity that we want more for ourselves than God wants for us. Could I tell you that there's a God that actually wants way more for you? So this is what happens, is we're we're inclined to lean on our own opinions. We're we're inclined to lean on our own opinions. Now, you might not believe that you are, but believe me, you are. Do we have any couch coaches in the room during football season? anybody women, do you have your husband right next to you that's like, yeah, no, he's a couch coach. If he's not, I'll tell you what I am, okay? I am definitely the person that when I'm watching football, and I'm a Niners fan, I'm so sorry, I'm a Niners fan. Um, Somebody already discredited me. They're like, why am I listening to this guy? Um, No, no, um, still, go Rams, right? Um, Anyway, uh, but but every time I'm watching football, every time I'm watching the Niners, every single time I'm looking at a coach. Now, this coach has a lot of education, a lot of experience. Guys, I'm 30. This guy is like 50. He knows way more than I do. For some reason, I have an opinion about how he should run the team. For some crazy – I have never coached a day in my life. I'll be honest. I've never coached a football team. I can barely catch a ball, okay? But I'm sure it's, it just happened, all right? So anyway, uh, but – but I, I could barely do any of that, and yet for some reason, I trust myself way more. I trust my own opinion way, way more. This, this is what's rubbing up. This is the tension that's rubbing up. We will continually trust the, uh, uh, we will continually trust our own opinion. And this is the tension that we need to break. Why? Why? Because I think these, these reasons, all this stuff, human nature, um, pride, and past hurts, low self-esteem, all of this will lead us to distrust others, but ultimately it will lead us to distrust God. But what happens when we lean on self-reliance instead of reliance on God? Well, let's, let's go through that, okay? What happens when we rely on ourselves? Well, one, I don't know about you, but I get way more anxious. I get way more anxious. You know why? Because I fear. I feel a whole lot more pressure because I don't expect anything to happen unless I create it. I don't expect anything to be taken care of unless I do it. The pressure's on me. I'm not trusting God, I'm trusting me. And I'm looking out for number one and I'm making sure that everything that I need to happen happens and I have to be responsible for all of that and it creates an anxiety. What does God say? What would God's way of living be? Well, there, there's, a, there's a letter in the Bible in Philippians 4, and he says this. This is uh, one of the followers of Jesus, and he's speaking and, and saying this. Don't be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all, all understanding will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. This is what he's promising. He's promising peace. He says, When you rely on yourself, you're going to get way more anxious. But when you rely on me, you're going to find peace. What's the second one? Second one's this. Um, something else that we deal with when we rely on ourselves is we, we lean toward temporary solutions. We lean towards set temporary solutions. We aim to mask the problem with solutions that maybe make us look better and make us feel better. I've been looking at this side way too much. I'm going to start looking at this side. I did that last time. Barbara, I'm looking. Uh, anyway, uh, but we, we, for some reason, we mask all this, and we, we want to feel better. We want to look better. But this isn't the way God works. God actually works in a very, very different way. He wants us to actually be better. You see, in the Old Testament, in in, in ancient times, there was a time where God was speaking to a prophet, and he spoke to this prophet about choosing a king for his nation. And so when he's choosing this king for his nation, he gives us a little insight into the way that God thinks, okay? He gives us an insight into the way that God functions, And he says this, okay? This is the difference between humanity and God. He says, for the Lord sees not as man sees. Man sees on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. This remains true about God today. When we trust him, he works on our heart. He doesn't just work on making us look better, making us feel better. He makes us better. And he wants, to, he wants to give us a more permanent solution than the temporary solutions that we typically find. The last one is this. This is what happens when we, when we rely on ourselves. The last one is we get exhausted. We get exhausted. I don't know how we could survive in this world by, by just making our own rules and then trying to follow them. Why? Because the chase never stops. It's just creating more rules and then trying to follow our own rules and then creating more rules and then following those own rules. And now I got to make a new rule to, to make sure that I find success, to make sure I do the things I really want to get done in my life. And we just get exhausted. It's a rat race. I don't find it a mere coincidence that church attendance is a, at an all-time low but, and belief in God is at an all-time low, but exhaustion in our country is at an all-time high. What does God say about exhaustion? What does God say about these things? He says this, are you tired, worn out, burnt out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. This is how he wants us to live. He's inviting us to rest in him. And so you might be saying, okay, cool, cool. No, that's super cool. I, I really want to trust in God, but how do I do that? Well, if you grew up anything like me, trusting God meant one of two things. It either meant uh, uh, do nothing or pray more. Those were the only two things that I ever got whenever I was like, how do I trust God more in my life? They're like, well, yeah, you just you, you pray more and, and just wait, just do nothing. And Although it's not completely wrong. I don't think this is completely true either. I think there, there's more to the answer than that. So let's start talking about what trusting God really is. What trusting God really is and what it looks like is really changing our lives in a way that trusts the, the ways that he said to live our lives. And shifting our entire life around that. What would that do in our lives? Well, it would do stuff like, it would, it would help us have conversations with people and actually uplift them in those conversations and give them more hope. People who trust in, in God, people who trust in Jesus are people that are trying every day to make sure that they give up on bad mouthing and gossiping. People who, who trust in Jesus, they're doing things like they're considering others more in their decisions, This doesn't just mean pray more. Praying is an ongoing effort. Get this, every time we sit and we pray or we kneel and we pray, we are reminding ourselves, yes, we're praying for petition. Yes, we're asking for things. Whatever your prayer is, that's totally valid, but we're also doing something at the same time. We are reminding ourselves that we have chosen to stop following our own way of living and we're reminding ourselves that we started following his way of living. Every time we pray, it's a continual reminder. This, this will shift us, okay? This will move us from being owners of our lives and instead be managers of the things we have. This will move us from looking at our own best interests first and instead considering the way of Jesus first. Trusting God means following his way without our own control of the outcome, and that's gonna be hard because I like having control of the outcome. I don't know if you do, but I do. And so it's really, really hard to know I'm following this way and I don't have control of the outcome, he does, but I have to know that it's good. And so let's get practical. Where can I trust God in my life? Where can I trust God in my life? Well, the first one is this trusting God with your time. Trusting God with your time. This is is something that's going to be a little challenging for a lot of us because we live in in a hyper-functioning culture. But there are things that God calls us to do. He calls us to do things like rest. He actually calls us to do things like rest. Now, It's it's crazy to think about this question, but it it would be the question of asking ourselves. Every time we're like, I want to trust God with my time, it's asking this do I take time out of my schedule to just rest? To just rest because I'm called to do it. God calls us to care for our families. Do I do I spend time with my wife and kids? Is my time centered around raising this family? Well, there's another one. God calls us to spend time with him. Do I have time in my schedule? Do I make time in my schedule to get to know his story in the Bible in times of prayer? Let me, let me give you something super easy. If you ever want just, and this is just like a tip for, for whenever you spend time with Jesus. If you're like, I don't know where to start. I always wanna like read the Bible, but I don't know where to start. There's a book called Proverbs, really great place to start. Really, really great place to start. And um, you can actually just read either one verse a day or you can read one chapter a day and it's going to be uplifting. It's gonna be uh, what we call wisdom literature. It's things that just give wisdom to your life. But these things, can, can we be real and say, that's hard. Like giving up time for all this stuff, that's actually super, super hard. And the cool thing about God is Believe it or not, he's not asking for you to do this perfectly. He actually doesn't ask us for perfection. He doesn't demand it. What he's deeply desiring is just our heart's attention. All he's asking for is for us to set our attention on him. And when we spend time with him, that's simply what we're doing. You will find that as you give your time up to him, he will always give it back. He will always give it back okay, I'm gonna do something and I'm gonna ask you to pull out your phone for a sec. I know that sounds really, really weird, but I'm gonna ask everybody to pull out their phone real quick if you wanna do this with me. So, so get this. So something that God asks us to do is he asked us to do this thing that, um, that was found in ancient scripture, but it's really a, a practice that has been traditional for Christians for a long time. It's called Sabbath, okay? And so it's, it's just a time of rest. That's it. It's a time of rest. And it's something that he's asked us to do as, as just a dedication to the way that he created um, all of us and all the world. But also, he knew our functionality, and he knew the way we would work, and he knew we would need rest, and so what's really, really cool about this, this practice is they've done a study on, like, long lives and what, what, constitute a, what constitutes a long life. And they found out that there was this one section of—by the way, I got this from another pastor. and It was genius when he found out about it. Um, but they found out that there was this one section of Christianity called the Seventh-day Adventist. Now, if you, if you have any context for them— um, There's a lot of different beliefs in them, but one of the ones that was very interesting is that they really keep to resting on the seventh day. So they found out that these people were living, I kid you not, 11 years longer than everybody else. 11 years longer than everybody else. So it it made me think about, okay, well, like, let's, let's go into this. 11 years longer than everybody else. Well, if Statistically, right now, um, the, the typical human life I, uh, in America right now is averaging out at 77.28. Let's not get super specific. Let's do 77. So if you'll pull your calculator on your phone out and just put in the number 77. 77. Okay? Now. If we were to try to figure out how many days that would be, how how many days is a human life living, just multiply that by 365. So uh, do that right now. Multiply it by 365. So this is how many days a human life will live in America typically, all right? Now remember, 11 years. They, They lived 11 years longer. Let's say Just theoretically, if you were to adopt this practice for your entire life, for your entire life, how many days would you give toward rest? How many days would you dedicate to God in this practice of rest? Well, that's pretty easy. We just divide that by seven, you know, because every seven days, the same day comes around. So you just divide it by seven. So now maybe we're, we're trying to wonder, okay, so I've given up this many days. If I wanted to figure out how many years that is, how many years I've dedicated to this thing called rest for my entire life, I wonder how you would do that. Well, you would just divide that by 365. And if you did it right, you should come out with 11. 11 years. Now, remember the study I told you about? They were given 11 years longer. Which means this, if you're like, wait, what does that mean? Let me tell you what that means. That means that God gave back every day that was dedicated to him. God gave back every day that was sacrificed to follow him. I'm telling you, God always finds a way to honor what we give him and how we choose to follow him. This is the next one, okay? Um, Trust God with your treasure. Trust God with your treasure. Is my treasure being used to reflect the things God cares about? Is my treasure being used to reflect the things God cares about? There's a tie between our heart and our treasure. And yes, this does include our money. This goes far beyond things that you might even know. Where does my money go? Where does my everyday money go? I'll tell you what. I don't know if you've heard this before, but if you show me where your money goes, I can tell you what you care about. I can tell you what you care about. Why? Because that's typically what directs where our money is spent. This is more than just giving through a church. It it assumes generosity in our lives. It assumes just being a generous person. Could I ask a question that's actually very challenging? Do we seek for opportunities to give? Do we seek for opportunities to help? Not just because it makes us feel good, but because God calls us to be generous people, because it's the way that God's called us to live. And you might say, well, I don't have any money, man. And I'll be like, I totally get it. I'm with you, all right? But thats it's not just money. It's way broader than that. What qualifies as a treasure to you? How could, how could it be utilized to follow the way of God? It, it's crazy. So Chick-fil-A, I don't know if you know this, but Chick-fil-A is actually one of, do we have any Chick-fil-A fans in the room? Okay, cool. Somebody... For sure, by the end of the service, we'll say, man, I'm real hungry. Let's get some Chick-fil-A, and I'm just going to give you the warning somebody else is going to tell you in the car. They're closed on Sundays, okay? But it, it's super cool. They, they, uh, they are the top fast food chain in customer satisfaction, and they are in the top five in sales every single year. And they leave money on the table Every Sunday, the reason you can't go out of this service right now and eat Chick-fil-A is because they're leaving money on the table every single Sunday. And many, many people, many business executives, many people have come to them and said, hey, do you know how much money you would make if you just opened on Sunday? Just one Sunday, even multiple Sundays, but just one Sunday. You don't even understand how much money you would make. And yet, because of a conviction that they have about the way to follow God, they've said, no, we'll leave it there. And yet, even though they work one day less than every other restaurant, they have the number one spot in customer satisfaction, and they are consistently in the top five in sales. I'm telling you, God honors our sacrifices. What do you consider as treasure, and how could it be utilized to follow Jesus this is the last one, you guys ready, is uh, trust God with your heart. Trust God with your heart. For those who have been hurt, this one's a tough one. This one's a real tough one. And can I say that whatever hurt you have faced, either, I'll I'll even pick on, on, on Christians and pastors, if it has been a Christian, a follower of Jesus that has hurt you, maybe it's been a pastor that's hurt you, could I tell you that that does not reflect the heart of God? That that kind of hurt does not reflect who God is. And we, even me, Pastor Brad, anybody, we're human. We're human beings. And, and we try every day to follow Jesus and we don't get it right 100% of the time. But I'll tell you who, do, who will not fail you is God will not fail you. God will not fail you. And he can be trusted With your heart. And Jesus actually calls us to do this because in in the the time that he He was here, He gave us one big commandment. He said this: Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is what He's commanding us to do. Why? Because He knew that God could handle it. God can handle your heart. God can handle your hurt. What does this look like? This, one, this one's simple, but it's also difficult. It doesn't just mean tr- trusting, or, uh, trusting God with your heart. It doesn't just mean believing in, believing in God. It means believing God. Believing God when he says things like he loves you. Believing God when he says he created you. Believing God when he says he hasn't given up on you and he won't. Here at California Community Church, we believe in no perfect people because we know that God already knows that we're not perfect, but he loves us anyway. So trusting God is the best way to live. And I'm telling you, Jesus is the one that will not let you down. We're called to let go of our self-reliance and, and make and we're, supposed, we're called to let go of our own self-reliance, and we're called to let go of making our own way and adopting his way of living. And we are called to trust him in that. And it will not be easy. It won't be easy. You see, when I was 11 years old, I was actually diagnosed with a disease. It was a genetic disease. And this disease was something that, if you know anything about how genetics work, it's not going away. It's just not. And when I found out, I was distraught that I already hated needles and I had to take an IV every two weeks, go to the hospital for about five hours every two weeks for the rest of my life. And I was annoyed and I was ticked. And I remember just wondering why is this happening to me? And one day we were, and I don't know what your belief is in this, but one day we were uh, having some people from church at, at our house, and somebody had said, hey, we really think, like, let's pray for you. Let's pray for healing over your life. Let's pray for healing over this genetic disease. And I was like, you know what? I'm down. Like, I don't want to do this anymore. And so I remember everybody prayed for me. And during that time that everybody prayed for me, I remember walking out of that situation and telling my parents, I don't think I need the IVs anymore. I, I think we're good. And so I stopped taking the IVs that same day. We canceled everything, and we we moved on. A year later, they came they they came back, and they told me, "Hey, we still want to do your biomarkers. We want to check up and see how you're doing." Now, this is a year of me not having this disease or not uh, using the medication, and for some weird reason, that I didn't understand, my biomarkers were better than the year before, and I was so so happy. Because this this made no sense. This absolutely made no sense. And this is a genetic disease, and they're supposed to get worse if I'm not taking the medication. And it was there. But this is what's crazy, is a few years after, actually just a few years ago, I started having symptoms again. And... I remember that when I started having them, I, I kind of knew what was going on, and I finally went to the doctor, and I remember I remember driving up, because the first stop is always the oncologist to figure out what's going on with, with my spleen and my liver, and I remember going to the oncologist and then just driving away, because I did not want to know. I didn't want to know. And I finally went in, and yeah, they, they found out my, my, my spleen was like 10 times its size, my liver was like three times its size, which I didn't even know spleens and liver got got that big, to be honest. But this was a tough thing for me. And I remember talking to my wife and literally just yelling at God, not understanding why is this happening to me? I thought you had done something. Why didn't you? And things that I've been able to learn in this journey is one thing was I started realizing how much more I connected with people's pain out of this situation. I realized the gift of being able to understand others way more just because of this thing. I also found out that now, instead of an IV, there's a pill that is accessible to me. And so now I just take two pills every day, which is way more convenient than um, having the, the IV. And so I start looking at all these things, and I start looking at the blessing of these things. But can I tell you sometimes, like, I'm still frustrated. I still every day have to go through the journey of trusting God, even when it feels like, why? I don't get it. And that might be your journey right now. Is Yes, God did something crazy in my life. He did something amazing in my life. But it's still hard to trust him every day. And can I tell you that that is real? That is what following Jesus is. When I said this is going to be difficult, when I said this is going to be hard, I meant it. But can I tell you something that has encouraged me to this day? A famous pastor once said this. God is too good to be unkind. And he is too wise to be mistaken. But When we cannot trace his hand, we must trust his heart. Two things that are true. One, I know that God is good. And I know that there is good that comes out of it. But second, I know this. When we follow Jesus, whatever we're dealing with, that we were going to deal with, we're going to deal with a lot of it either way. But we we don't deal with it alone. When we follow Jesus, we're just not alone. When we have God he see, that sees us and leads us and holds us, we can follow him. And so maybe you're in this room and, and you want to begin a journey. And can I tell you that if you wanna trust Jesus today and that's something you wanna start today, uh, at the cross, at the end of service, we have one of our elders, Lloyd. He is amazing. He's incredible. And so he'll be over there and I'm gonna try and make my way over there too. And we'd love to just pray for you. But maybe you're in the room and you have been following Jesus, but you're like, I don't know where to start trusting him more now. Well, maybe start with this. What is something that you just deeply want to take, to to have control over the outcome? You deeply just want to have control over the outcome. And could I tell you that is an excellent place to start? Because it It can be used for a greater purpose. I believe that when we turn some of these things over to God, he can do greater things with our lives than we can do with them. And I believe that he wants to do something incredible with your life. I want to end with the same thing I said at the start. God wants more for you, believe it or not, than you even want for yourself. And I believe that he is actually the true north. He is the direction that will not falter and will not fail. So let's pray real quick, and then we're going to head out. I have a couple announcements at the end. God, thank you so much for being in this room. Lord, I just ask that you, that you would help us trust you even more this week in the areas that have been harder to trust you. Lord, I ask that you just show up, that your presence just show up in those situations. Lord, I pray for the person in the room who got news this week, who got something this week, and they don't know how to handle it. Lord, I ask that you uplift them, that you encourage them, that you be there with them. Lord, I ask that this go into this week, that you would encourage our weeks and our every day. In your name we pray. Amen.